We shall go on to the end. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in you. Hello everybody and welcome to the next episode of The Art of Surrender. I never remember what episode number it is, so I'm at the point where I don't announce that now. But um, I'm joined here today by James Woodfield-Jones from Sustainable Jiu-Jitsu. James, welcome. Thank you very much, Brad. Good to be here. Just had a private, um, some, what do we work on? Half guard. Passing, well, passing the half guard from the top. So now, I need it. now I need to know how to stop it from the bottom. So. <laughs> Smooshing the half guard. <laughs> Smooshing the half guard from the bottom. Um, so today we're going to talk about a few things, a little bit of a chat. We've got, what, half an hour? Yes, yeah, see, what we, can, in see what we can do. Um, so first off, I wanted to say, so you have a big focus on self-defense. And uh, obviously that's, you know, a component of jiu-jitsu, but the, the emphasis on self-defense, I want to know where that originates from for you in particular. For me personally, well, I've been doing martial arts since I was four and a half, four and a half, five. And... Um, you know, obviously you get into it Taekwondo I started with and then all the way through. But martial arts, the reason I took up martial arts is because you want to know how to defend yourself. Mm. I think that's probably why everybody walked into a martial arts school, uh, whatever the art was, as happens to be jiu-jitsu. But I think it's imperative. And let me just state as well that I don't actually have any problem with the sport part of it either. I think everything's got its value. But I just think it needs to be the art in itself, because the martial arts, obviously two words, uh, and the martial is the, the self-defense and the art is the, you know, the self-progression, the self-understanding and the self-control. But I think uh, any martial arts, whatever it may be, you have to have the self-defense. Mm. Otherwise, what would be the use of doing martial arts? You go play tennis, and there's nothing wrong with tennis, because I played that as well, but you 100% need to have a functional game, physical, mental, and emotional, like we talk about all the time. So self-defense is the utmost importance. It would be uh, not so much worthy if you did something, you spent 10 years doing something, but you couldn't defend yourself. Mm. I don't know. Like outside of the context absolutely. Of, of the academy. Yes, mm. absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, you, you may hear some people, oh, you would never do this or you'd never do this. Uh, you never roll around on the floor. Well, you're learning contact, you're learning control, you're learning lots of things when you're rolling, but everything has to have a context. Mm. And we talk about this all the time in the gym. Uh, what you're doing in here is no different out there, it's just a different context. Mm. And context is key. So if you're wearing the blue belt or you're wearing the purple belt, the brown, the black or anything else, you better know how to defend yourself. And when we say defend yourself, not, against the, not just against another black belt. Yep, you can do that too. But very important that you actually have to defend yourself against the the average everyday person. And I would say in many respects, they're sometimes more dangerous than the, the trained opponent. Mm. So for me, the focus in here is learn how to deal with uh, another black belt or whatever belt, and, but also learn how to deal with the thug. And you've got probabilities and possibilities. 
I would go with probabilities. Who are you going to come across? Probably not someone trained. Probably someone who's going to be erratic and a lunatic. So it's of the utmost importance for me anyway, personally. What other people do is up to them. But for those people I serve and help, self-defense is most important because that's one of the reasons, the major reason they actually walked into the gym for. Mm. And then they realized that it was beautiful and you learn about yourself and you learn self-control. And then if someone wanted to compete, that's cool as well. But I just want to make sure that they understand the art and the self-defense. So how do you, um, when you're sort of teaching from a self-defense, like obviously, you know, we come to class and some, some classes are just sort of, you know, it's more <clears throat> the sport sort of focus, some of the moves. And, but how do you differentiate between when the context is self-defense or when it's sport? Because obviously, I guess what I'm trying to say is when we have role, like just a role in class, no one's really worried too much about the strikes, right? Unless yes. it's like a no-gi gloves class or something like that. The strikes are sort of, let's just put them to the side for now. You're not going to posture up and punch me in the face, but we're going to roll and you're going to try and strangle me or, yep. you know, take my arm. Yes. But how, how do you sort of, for someone who hasn't really done much self-defense focus, how do you differentiate between, like, the blend of the two? Yes, so when we're on the mats and you've done a few sessions here and you'll see you I'll, I'll flip back and talk context again mm. so one of the reasons why we have a game which I believe is jujitsu should be done it's tight you're either in or you're out and how we're rolling mm. we're not giving space we're not creating too much space from move to move from transition to transition uh, to what level submissions we do and like we said you got a level one move your high percentage to all the way down to a level five move everything's there but why would you do something more than you had to do? Mm. So the way we roll, you know, sustainable, uh, tight, efficient, and effective, all that directly goes over to your self-defense. So then we're rolling one day like this, and I'll always flash back and say, if someone was punching or someone was doing this, this would be the context. Mm. And then when, when we put the gloves on, the jujitsu never changed. It was just now, okay, Brad, now you can hit me. Okay, same game. Same game I played all the time because I was always tired and I was either out or I was in. Mm. So, and sometimes we can start at standing and you'll be punching and sometimes you'll be starting on the ground and punching. But either way, the game never changed. So it's not like on the, games, on the days that we work self-defense, your jujitsu completely changed. You actually saw why you, when we were just rolling with the, the art, the fun, the gi, the no gi, actually why when you started to punch, why we rolled that way is because when you started to punch or your opponent started to punch, it never changed. It was mm. the same thing. Mm. It was just the context change. I say to people, say for instance in mount, someone gets mount on you and their hands on the floor. There's many ways to escape mount as you know, but the hands are on the floor generally in the gym whatever basing and there's certain ways you know you're going to trap that arm you're going to need elbow you're going to do whatever but what about if the context changed and they were on mount and they grabbed you around the neck and they were trying to strangle you around the neck and it's on one of one of those is on my youtube channel and they're trying to strangle you around the neck and then people will fall apart and why do they fall apart because no one's ever talked about in the gym brad wouldn't strangle you around the neck and i certainly wouldn't grab you around the neck because i realize that i don't have any base and you're going to roll me off mm. uh, but nobody's talked about it in the gym so when they god forbid get an altercation the person gets on mount and starts throttling them around the neck they have a brain freeze and they go wow what do i do and they start fishing for eyes and i've seen people do this i've seen people who actually train jiu-jitsu for a long time who don't have the context start fishing your eyes pause 
where's your bridge and roll? Mm. You have no base. Before you were taking the arm away, now I've done that for you. And we just had a brief look at that before, that if I grabbed you around the neck, I have to be there for a long time to finish you. It's mm. not a very efficient. The panic will get you before anything else, but you can see the difference in the context. It was still a bridge and roll of some, de some degree. It was just in a different context. Mm. But if nobody's ever told you, you're going to get into altercation, you're going to go, I don't know what to do. And I get, yeah, exactly. That's the, the uh, in an altercation, I don't know what to do. It's the preparation, right? Correct. So even, I've even had people previously sort of, in part of the curriculum I was in in Sydney, they would teach things. Obviously, it's you know all the standard jujitsu stuff you would learn, but then part of the self-defense aspect of it would be things like, um, you know, um, headlock escapes and different variations yep. of that. There would be like the standing rear naked choke defense. There'd be the same standard rear naked choke defense against a wall or mm -hmm. a front choke against a wall. And these are things like typically in jujitsu, someone's not going to choke you from standing against a wall from behind. Right, so you could be, get a black belt in jiu-jitsu and never learn a defense against that, but then it's like preparation. You are either prepared for the moment that happens, or you are not. Correct. You either there's no in between. And I've been in. Have you been in any violent encounters? Yes. Yeah. Do you anything you want to share? Um, oh, even, I did. even even if you weren't prepared, like a, back in the day before you back trained. At, oh, no idea. Mm. I mean, you know, early late teens. I'm sorry, late teens to early twenties. I'd already been doing jujitsu, but I wasn't certainly not what I am now with it. Mm. Uh, I'd done. I did taekwondo at start, like I said, and respect to it, but mm, physicality of it, no, it's not going to be. Mm. It's not something that's going to be there for the street. And I, I would say this: one thing that it did teach me when you work security and, and etc that violence is violence and mm. the first thing to go is not the physical it's the mental and the emotional because people don't realize that when people come at you they're aggressive and they're aggressive in just adrenalized you know for angry people but if you add a uh, drugs to the fact alcohol to the fact people make poor decisions and they're, da they're dangerous mm. so you don't need to be another black belt you could just be a lunatic you got two arms two legs and a heartbeat and are willing to hurt someone and that's a problem mm. and this is what we said beforehand you know from a self-defense point of view this is why we're training the way we're training is because it doesn't matter if they're a black belt or they're a thug, if you give them space and you do the wrong thing, it's gonna be a problem. Mm. The guy doesn't need to be a world champion, that's irrelevant. He just needs to have a fight in him and everybody's got a fight in them and that's where you'll come undone. So one of the lessons I did learn, I won't go into too many things, <laughs> or lots of reasons, but you know, I certainly wasn't a bad person, but you do get highlighted and you go, wow, aggression, is um, is mm. interesting. So jujitsu, uh, the ultimate goal is control before any submission. Control, not only control of the person physically and the adaptation of that, but also the control of your emotions, mentally and emotional, because that'll be the first thing that falls apart. You could have 10 black belts, mate. You fall apart, you're done. And the guy doesn't even need to be training. He'll mm. just, he'll hurt you. So this is what I really try to, uh, project and get across to all my clients um, and that will be until I'm here no longer that is very very important for me because you have a social conscience uh, for me next year's third degree black belt I need to honor what I'm coaching and make sure I have a social conscience to people that they understand it otherwise you're kidding them anybody could get hurt if you do the wrong thing you mess up you get hurt mm. but you want the best opportunity to know how to defend yourself otherwise you're going to be in a false sense of reality and 
from the gym to outside, I must say, it doesn't change, only the context, if mm. you train in it properly anyway, if mm. that makes sense. Of course, it does. Um, so you, speaking of well, self-defense and you know, being preparation and things like that, obviously jiu-jitsu in itself leads to, um, you know, if taught in the right way in the context is shown, it can lead to obviously preparation on the street. And I think in general, just ju- having jiu-jitsu knowledge or even like wrestling for people that listen that do that, it's still, even without the context for self-defense, having something is better than having nothing. 100%. Absolutely. Know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, any uh, form of defense is, is good. And, and it depends who you're fighting and what you're going to get away with. Yeah. But, you know, you need to be quite anal about it. I would look at self-defense like a military mm. precision. You wouldn't mm. want to be messing around. We just said beforehand. And look, I've boxed and, and I striking. My jiu-jitsu program has striking in it and everything in it, uh, from learning to deal with strikes, standing up, whether the guy's kicking or the person's, whatever they've got, weapons, whatever. So you need to cover all bases and make sure you're prepared for everything and also understand, which is very important, Brad, that it will start standing up. And what's going to be the first thing that someone does? Throw a punch. Throw a punch. Yeah. And they're going to try and nail you in the head. Or throw and a calf kick these days. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this, you know, but this is another thing I share with the clients and say, don't think people don't know what you know. How well do they know it? Well, some know it, some know, don't, yeah. and some know it better than others. But with the UFC and combat sports so prevalent, it's very common. Some people have an idea. Most people now have an idea what a mount is and mm. what a sprawl is and how to throw a punch but how well do they do it? And we'll go back to say what we said before, how well can you emotionally and mentally keep it together? Mm. Because you can have as many physical skills as you want, but once you crumble mentally, you're done. Your body's gonna follow it. And going back to what we said before on the mats, before we start to speak here, how many risks do you wanna take? So although we're playful on the mats and everything else, always in the subconscious, I do everything efficient and effective because I wanna make sure I'm mimicking on the mats what I need to be doing in the context of self-defense because would you want to take risks? We don't want to take risks on the mats because I don't want to get injured because I want to train every day and coach. Mm. But if I went out the front with you and bare hands and we said, with two meters of space in between us, let's go, Brad, Mm. until somebody gets KO'd and somebody gets stopped. Show me when you're going to take a risk. Show me when you're going to do anything that's going to be a little bit vulnerable and a little bit risky. Mm. Zero. You're going to be, yeah, you're going to be using, you know, (laughs) you're you're not going to be taking risks. No, you're going to be the most efficient and you're going to be the most effective. Hence, exactly why I roll the way I do. I don't have anything against if you want to flip and you want to spin, you want to do it. Great. That's brilliant, mate. In the right context, in the fun, but also a lot of people are not going to do that because their bodies don't want to do it. Maybe you're going to injure your body when you're doing it. Maybe you're training with someone from somewhere else who's a little bit erratic. So you need to make sure that the safety is always first. Safety for your body and mind on the mats, but safety also for your life if it's in a self-defense context. Mm. That's a good. That's a good point. Um, I was going to say you, you mentioned weapons, and that's something um, you, you do a lot of weapons training at your academy here, and you bringing out a um, what do you call it a, a program or a course? Yeah, I have a, I have a course. To, tell me um, a little bit about it. Um, so for one, really, I mean, for me, it's all about contact mm. because I want to feel people, and you can't replace energy. So you know, when you're in front of someone and you can touch them and you can feel them and they can feel you, energy is number one for me. So that's first and foremost. So I need to be on the mats with someone. But 
if you can't be and you want a bit of an idea of it, then I have put together some courses and I have one live at the moment. It's a volume one called Dealing with the Weapon. And it's a, it's a sharp weapon. So it's a knife, a screwdriver, whatever it may be. But I think that's a valuable point. Now, just, to, just again in context, of course you would always avoid it. You wouldn't get involved with a knife. Someone pulls a knife and you could run away, you always run away. Mm. But what if you've got no choice and now you have to go hands-on? So it's all well and good, oh, you never go hands-on with a knife, but like I said, sometimes you're not gonna have a choice. It's in the middle of the lounge room, mate, and the kids are in the bedroom, and you can't just run out and say, watch for the knife. Mm-hmm. You're actually gonna to have to go hands-on. So do you think it's wise then to have some tools? and your jiu-jitsu is gonna 100% come into it. We're not talking about a jumping armbar to deal with a knife. We're talking about controlling the weapon-bearing limb, controlling the body until you can exit or defuse and stop the situation. And yep, I've been playing with it for well over two decades. Hmm. And it's always been a valuable part of my um, jiu-jitsu and martial arts because people carry weapons. So it's all well and good saying I can grapple, all well and good saying I can deal with a punch and a kick. Okay, that's really good. So you've got all those tools. What if the guy pulls a bat on you? Mm. What if the guy pulls a knife on you? Well, I'm good at... Please don't stab me. Yes, I'm good at (laughs) kicking and punching or whatever, but you're going to come across everything. And people, crazy, mate. Mm. The fight's a fight. There is no rules, remember, as well. The UFC, I love it. Brilliant. Absolutely love watching it. And you know what? It's probably... It is closer to the, the real fight you can get, but there still is a rule set. I think I heard uh, George Masvidal or someone said to him one time, uh, do you ever get nervous going into the UFC? And he said, absolutely not, because there's only one guy and he's got no guns and knives. Yeah. So I only have to focus on him. And I go, well, that's a pretty valid point because I presume where he's from, he's probably from the streets of somewhere he's, he's dealt with violence before and he has that reality he has all the tools again what context you put in in the tools again mm. so i think uh, weapons a hundred percent needs to be uh, thought of not obsessed over but thought of otherwise you're going to come undone so for me for um anyone in my in our grading syllabus they have to deal with all elements have to be able to roll they have to be able to do everything you would normally do on the mats but they also have to deal with striking not just on the ground but also from standing up and again in a context you could put it in an mma context but you can also put it into a a push and a shoving and a violent context out in the middle of the car park mm. you've got to deal with it and they have to deal with the weapons massive importance it all it's all self-protection it's all self-protection mm. So whatever they come up with, you can do whatever you want. I'm going to be able to adapt to everything. Mm-hmm. Jiu-jitsu is, that's the number one word for jiu-jitsu is adaptation. If you can't adapt, you're probably not that well trained then. So, and you know people are going to punch you. Mm-hmm. If the guy grapples you, that's good. That's what I do for a living. It's not a problem. But whatever the guy grapples you or tries to hit you, throws punches, pulls something out, then you've got to be able to adapt to it. And all you've ever done is just, uh, no one's ever hit you. You'll have the shock of your life when someone hits you. It's mm, going to come and out. And you're not ready for and it. And you're not ready for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You said nobody put it back in the context again. So I said, you know, there's nothing wrong with the art is beautiful. The sport is beautiful. The self-defense is beautiful. Just make sure you understand all the elements. Mm. You know, if you're entering a competition, you understand that there's a rule set in that competition. You cannot do this, you cannot do that, and there's rules. And that's beautiful, and that's great. But also understand that when you step out of that realm and then into the next realm, you also have to understand that. What the situation is yes. at the, on each occasion. Yeah. yeah. So how, can I ask, 
when you were coming up in your journey, and I know for anyone listening, we've had we've done some previous episodes with James. I think this is the third time you've been on, so I, I appreciate you yes. being like open and willing to you're, chat to you're me welcome. and things like that. Um, so if you want to actually hear James's journey like in more detail, you can go back to those episodes and listen to them. But I was going to say, from like a self-defense perspective, like where what when did that become an influence in your journey? Like, you know, obviously you started jujitsu. Like, when, when did you sort of get that, you know, the seed? We're talking about throw, planting seeds. For, for self-defense? Well, well, just sort of for each. Like, you know, for the jujitsu, and then when did the self-defense become a part of it? When did the knives, you know, like, each of those things, like, where did you get those little seeds from? Um, day one. Mm-hmm. So the gentleman I actually started training with was, uh, I used to go to the gym way back in Balcata, where over, you know, two decades ago. And this gentleman, he'd done a little bit of jiu-jitsu. He'd been to LA and he trained with, uh, I believe he'd trained with Gene Jacks and mm. he'd trained with a lot of other people over there. And um, so I started to do some training with him and it was in his garage. And I think the first session was a punch in the face and a, and a, heel, and a heel reap or <laughs> I was straight away. So, but it was always, the, my first lesson of jiu-jitsu was always about self-defense because yeah. that was jiu-jitsu was for. His friend done some kickboxing. We all worked security. So, you know, that, that element of self-defense, it wasn't anything other than that. Mm. Competitions weren't even around really back then for the most part. And so that's what we, that's what we're doing it for. We uh, set up kind of like a cage, I suppose, because, and it wasn't about cage fighting. That was to deal with the wall or the car or something like that. Mm. It wasn't padded at the start and it was a bit crazy, but, but it was fun at the time. <laughs> I, w- I, I wouldn't do it now because there's more sensible ways of doing it, but it did teach me a lot. So that was really the seed because I'd, I'd started with that. Yeah. That's actually my, was my introduced jiu-jitsu. So if my jiu-jitsu didn't work with someone punching you, then it wasn't. It wasn't working. It wasn't working. That, mm. wasn't, that wasn't what I was there for to score a point. I was there to actually learn how if someone uh, mounted you and punched you or someone started hitting you, uh, cool. But 25 years ago, it was, it was what it was. It's not what it is now. Mm. It's far more refined. It's far more evolved. And it's far more efficient and effective. But it did teach me a lot. And there was weapons back then as well. My first boxing coach got stabbed. Um, he was okay, mm. but he got stabbed, and that was just a, <clears throat> a random incident. So, and it wasn't the first incident I'd known someone had been stabbed. So, you know, got to switch on. We realised that people carry weapons. I think they did a study. Don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure uh, it was two years ago they did a, they did a study for um, uh, with the police, and between ages 18 and 26, there was a people carrying edged weapons there was 64 percent jesus yeah so i'm from the uk uh glasgow is the murder capital of europe slowly followed by manchester with weapons and london as well london's terrible for knife crime and over this last period i think of the last six months i think knife crime's up by 50 percent, and it wasn't very good Mm. uh six months ago either so it's out there so that was also a valid point because you'd be pretty naive to go well if we're getting into altercation it's only going to be fair Mm. it's not there's going to be more than one person sometimes there's going to be weapons and there's going to be violence and there isn't a rule set but again what you're learning in the studio you're learning in the gym it definitely goes out there but as long as you keep the context Again, context is key. Mm. Same material, no problem. It's just the, the context. Mm. And it's, uh, um, is that something you, 
with, with the knives, like say knives defense, like weapons sort of defense and things like that? Because I know most people that are going to listen, it's always going to be a case of, you know, they want to spend more time grappling. Yes. Right? And, and I mean, like, I, I speak for myself if I'm completely honest and say mm. I definitely want to be spending more time grappling than I do practicing with weapons. Yeah. I'm still someone who wants to know the weapon stuff and I think that's important and I definitely feel like for me to be able to say with confidence in the future like I'm a black belt and I understand self-defense. Yes. I feel like that's a component that I have to know. Yeah. But I guess my my question is um, how how much of it do you really need to do? Obviously you need to be proficient at it but how much of it do you think that that really entails? So I would say let me just say this for the weapon. Now people are like oh you know you wouldn't mess with this stamp it mate you're going to get cut. 100% you're going to get cut. But if a weapon's produced and you cannot exit, because that's the first and foremost, exit and do not get involved with it. But if you cannot exit mm. and you're going to have to go hands-on, it's going to be your jiu-jitsu. Because mm. jiu-jitsu is contact, right? So I would say that everybody that I show weapons to, depending on what sort of level their jiu-jitsu is and what sort of way I suppose they do the jiu-jitsu, back to that tight connection again, you are going to have to go connected to the person. So mm. I would find that people who do jiu-jitsu are better at dealing, dealing with a weapon because they already, already have a contact. Mm. You're going to have to deal with a weapon-bearing limb. That, that arm that holds that weapon, you're going to have to control it. And when you don't have jiu-jitsu, you end up being all hands and no connection, if this makes sense. Yeah. So your jiu-jitsu is about the weapon. And is it uh, overly complicated? No. That's what I've tried to put this uh, volume one out for dealing with the weapon. This is only volume one. There's a volume two and there's a volume three. And again, you know, you could judge whatever you want, but I've done weapons for over the years and I always play with a blade. And my one of my guys, one of my black belts, Jay, I get Jay and I say to Jay, here's the weapon. And we use a metal weapon. We use a metal knife. It's blunt, of course. Mm. But you hit it hard enough, it's going to bruise you. And you could actually puncture skin if you really wanted to. And my, my context of this has been over the years is don't come in and just slash and hold. You come in like America's hardest prisons and you hack me. You keep going, you keep going, you keep going. And then let's see what works. So I'd said before in previous interviews, I've done a lot of weapons and I respect everyone that I've worked with and everything that I've done. But for me personally, the proof's in the pudding. You have to put it under the pump and you have to put it in alive. Mm. And you have to put a lot of time in, just like a jiu-jitsu and you're striking and everything else and see what works. And what I've put on that volume one is what I believe works. And I think if someone really uh, practice it and put it into play, you would see that it's effective. It's effective. Mm. But, you know, there's an age old, I don't get into arguments with people because people have this program, good, respect to everybody. Mm. This is just what I've seen and what I've done and what I believe works because everything I do is pressure tested and if it doesn't work, I'll refine it. And if I can't refine it and it doesn't work, get rid of it mm. and do something that does work. What's the saying? Keep, keep what is useful, discard what is not. 100%. Mm. Bruce Lee. Mm. And he was way ahead of his time. But yeah, exactly. And like I said, I don't... I respect everything. I just want to know that it has to be put under the pump. It has to be put with real pressure and, again, real context and see what people come with. And you'll be surprised, you know, if people haven't been in altercation, we said people fall apart in the mental and emotional. Even someone screaming at you, frothing at the mouth, and they're going to smash you. There's only two things going to happen in a real life situation you're going to get hospitalized or you're going to die.
Mm. What's the other thing? We're not in here for hey, having fun, crusty in your head. You can, <laughs> you can tap at any time. Wet willy, wet willy. Wet willies. <laughs> Good times, mate. But in a real fight, you are going to get hurt. So mm. there's no room for error. And, you know, when you have to uh, take that into consideration. Mm. It doesn't take the fun out of anything, though. I'm not obsessed. I don't commando roll out the door every day, paint my face and... Uh, we're looking for everybody. I just want to be aware of it. Yeah. And for someone who's been who coaches it seven days a week, and this is my life, I just want to make sure people are prepared for that. What yeah. they do with it is up to them. I'm just going to give the best that I can give to people. Mm, understood. Um, so yeah, if anyone listening, if you'd like the sounds of that, I know I know some people who are already going to they're keen on it so yeah cool but my Check number thing out. is even if you did purchase the course it's on a sustainable jiu-jitsu online um, that's where you can purchase the course um, but even if you did purchase the course hands-on is always the best way I'd love to do a workshop do a seminar one-on-ones whatever it is and actually get it across the person so they can feel it mm. and you can actually put it into context because that's the best way to get everything across but if all you can do is, or you wanted an intro to it, then you can see it on the online. And there's other courses coming as well for lots of other things, not just weapons. Mm-hmm. I have uh, some my one-on-one passing the guard. I have lots of things coming out in the future. So this is a um, good, good time for it. But yeah, so anyone listening, um, if you have courses and things like that that you want to share, feel free to reach out. We can have a chat, kind of like, like what we're doing now, yeah. and you can introduce it to people. Um, so guys, you can hit me up and we can do it. We can do, I can help you as well. <clears throat> but in respect to James's stuff, check it out if you like the course and you want to come down and, and pressure test it with the man himself, come and see him. Um, and also speaking of workshops, mm-hmm. free rollers. Yes. Luke, what's, what's, what's happening down there? Uh, so Luke's asked me to come down and do a workshop. Originally it was for, um, I believe Luke does at free rollers, um, hour and a half, two hour workshop. I said to him, uh, if you'd fancy trying something different, I come down for the day and we do it, say, between uh, 9 and 11 and a 1 and 3. Um, and I can do work a little bit of a, my take on efficient and effectiveness of the jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. from the art side of it, and the, the jiu-jitsu, but then also put into a context of self-defense. So there'll be a, so we can do it over the, the whole day pretty much of Sunday and I'll jump on and roll with people Q&A, spend some time. I'd rather do, um, I'm happy to do the hour and a half. I said to him, it's no problem, but I'd rather come down and spend a day and look, I just want to serve people. That's, that's what I'm here for at the end of the day. Um, I'm busy seven days a week, always will be. I don't get into politics. I'm not really interested in it. Mm. I'm not in high school, mate. I left high school a long time ago. I'm not interested in it. That's why I do what I do, but I'm open to help, share, it's not about people stealing things or someone does it better than somebody else. That's of zero interest in me. It's about hopefully I can help you, hopefully you can inspire you, make you a little bit better, or maybe open the door that you see something go, wow, I could do that in this part of my game or, or whatever it is. So the seminar uh, will be on the December the 6th, Free yeah. Rollers, which I believe Port Kennedy. In Port Kennedy, yeah, In that's Port right. Kennedy, and it's Luke. I don't know Luke. I've only spoken to him online, but I like what he's doing. He's, he's a great guy. He yeah. see, he's seems a like a lovely guy. guy. I've met him a bunch of times. Awesome, and he's trying to get him. Um, I think he's trying to do the same. Yeah. You know, we're not worried about who's better than who or who's a, a zero interest. We're just worried about sharing, getting out there, and hope it makes a people's difference to their lives in, you know, what they 
what they take on their everyday life, but also different to their game. Mm. And if it keeps you safe and it keeps you in the art, because a lot of people don't make it in longevity in the art, then they end up dropping off because I uh, can't do it, my body get injured, whatever it is. Mm. Stick it out, enjoy it. And um, yeah, if you're interested, December 6th, free rollers, Sunday, uh, we're on. Mate, that's perfect. That's good timing, guys. We, we do have to wrap it up because James has a client um, who I think is about to walk in the door any second now. So thanks thanks very much, Um, James, thank you. My pleasure, thank you very much for your time. It's always a pleasure, mate. And um, yeah, I love what you do on the podcast, mate. Excellent work. Appreciate it. And one last thing is, uh, speaking of free rollers and Luke, Luke just got his purple belt. So Luke, shout out to you, brother. Congratulations, Congratulations. Luke. That's a big one to get. Excellent. (laughs) Cheers, everybody. Thank you, guys.